0: WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: Twelve years ago, Newsweek magazine was reporting on a disturbing trend of turning hospitals into a dumping ground for granny. 38% of hospitals responded to a survey by the Senate Committee on Aging reported as many as eight elderly patients get dumped on their emergency wards every week. How sad. When surveyed, barely half of the American public believed it was the children's responsibility to look after their parents.
2: We live in a society where people seem to think that they deserve to have a good and happy life. They demand it from their governments. They demand it from their jobs. They expect everyone to serve them. Many people have never really stopped and appreciated just how much someone did for them and gave to them when they were truly helpless and unable to care for themselves. Welcome to another broadcast of Verse by Verse as we conclude Pastor Steve's sermon on the 5th Commandment listed in Exodus chapter 20. Honor your father and your mother. If we had to make a list of all the things that our parents did for us just because we were their children, most of us would have to publish the list in several volumes. That alone should give us motivation to love and honor them in return. But there's still more. Today on the broadcast, we will learn about an added incentive for honoring our parents. Here's Pastor Steve to tell us more.
1: Alistair Begg, in his very excellent book on the Ten Commandments, has an important word about this, uh, this Fifth Commandment and, and how to practice it with aged parents. He writes this, Twelve years ago, Newsweek magazine was reporting on a disturbing trend of turning hospitals into a dumping ground for granny. Thirty-eight percent of hospitals responded to a survey by the Senate Committee on Aging reported as many as eight elderly patients get dumped on their emergency wards every week. How sad. When surveyed, barely half of the American public believed it was the children's responsibility to look after their parents. The fifth commandment calls us to be the best visitors of our elderly and infirm, the most willing to provide accommodations and the most prepared to uphold the place of maturity and old age. This is not a popular doctrine, he writes, in the 21st century where youth is worshipped and old age dreaded and despised. Old age is viewed at best as a relief from the grind of having to keep up or get up rather in the morning, and at worst as an existence that offers no reason to get up at all. The pressing relevance of this command is impossible to miss in a society that isolates and impoverishes its elderly and flirts with euthanasia as a viable solution for all. To honor our parents, he continues, is to uh, care for them as age takes its long, slow, and inevitable toll. It is to stand by them at all times in genuine love, not a sporadic when it's convenient love or a greeting card, mushy, sentimental love, but a sustained love that is forbearing, patient, and quick to forgive. So we are to honor our parents by taking care of them when they have needs, maybe health needs and maybe financial needs, maybe both, whatever it is. That's our responsibility as children. Someone may say, well, you know what, my parents... Have far more money than me. My parents are well taken care of. My parents are fine. Well, then that's good. But there's, there are more ways to honor your parents as uh, mature adults than, than simply uh, providing for them financially. We are to treasure our parents. Listen to that. We are to treasure. We are to admire them. We are to esteem them high, highly valued. And let me show you this. Proverbs. Let's look at Proverbs 17.6. Proverbs. Once again, we turn to the wisdom of, of a father addressing a son. And this is, this is wonderful. Proverbs 17, verse 6. Grandchildren are the crown of old men. Thank you. And the glory of sons is their fathers. Just as, grand, as grandchildren are the pride and joy of their grandparents, so the Scripture says that parents should be the pride and joy of adult children. That is to say that as children grow up, they they should really appreciate their parents. Something that that oftentimes they don't when they're real young. Oftentimes it's only when we have children of our own that we learn to appreciate all that our parents did in sacrificing for us and providing for us and and staying up all night with us when we were ill. And putting up with us, I might add. When we were obnoxious and when we, we deserve to be taken out and under the Mosaic law, we deserve to be killed. I remember my, my mom saying when I was young, saying, I hope you have 10 just like you. <laughs> and years after that, I reminded her of that. And she said, well, I, I meant that as a compliment. I don't <laughs> recall it that way. I specifically recall there was fire in her eyes when she said that, and rightfully so. Now, I realized that that what we've been covering raises an, a number of questions in the minds of some who have very difficult parents. I, I realize it's not a perfect world. We don't, we don't all have just wonderfully godly parents who, who uh, always are the kind of people that we would love to respect. Some of us have unbelieving parents, parents who, quite frankly, are not honorable people, parents who are downright evil. What do we do with this? How do we apply this commandment? Do we apply this? Yes, Absolutely because scripture teaches that we are to honor all who are in authority. And as I said before, there's no if after this commandment, honor your father and mother if. Scripture very clearly teaches we are to honor all in authority, even even when they're very difficult evil people. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 2 states this. I mean, there are many places, but 1 Peter chapter 2 just sort of captures it and nails it for us. Verse 13 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. He says, just submit to the government, act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil. But use it as bond slaves of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, servants be submissive to your masters with all respect. Now watch this, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. He goes on to say this finds favor with God that you would you would do this. And the principle is that we are to honor all who are in authority, whether they are honorable people or not. Government leaders, teachers, employers, pastors, it really doesn't matter The position of authority is there. The position of honor is there, even if there are not people who live up to that position. You see, one thing that is a great comforting truth to keep in mind, if you have uh, been raised in a very difficult home, you have a difficult dad, you have a difficult mom, maybe you have a difficult mom and dad, understand that God has sovereignly placed them in authority over you. There are no accidents. You didn't get into that family, but you were supposed to be in another family, but God made a mistake. I mean, that's blasphemous. God sovereignly placed you in that family, those set of circumstances, and he will use that in your life. He has a plan for that. There are things that that he has to teach you in that environment, and he's he's chiseling away at you, and he's shaping your character. There are things to teach you, even, even from some of the things that your parents are not doing right. In honoring them, you honor the Lord and his authority in your life. Now, you may not respect your parents personally, But you must respect the position of authority God has given them over you, and you must show them that respect. Now, at this point, I think it's appropriate to add a word of counsel to parents. Though children, if they're to be obedient to God's word, should always honor you as parents, implied in this commandment is that you should be the kind of people that your children should have no problem respecting. They should always respect you regardless of your behavior, but you should not make it more difficult for them to respect you. Don't be a hypocrite. You claim to believe the Bible, you live by the Bible. You claim to be a Christian, then be honest and be genuine and be transparent and live out what you say you believe. Don't give your children any reason to struggle with respecting you because of your behavior. It's, it's difficult enough for children to respect their parents. Don't make it that much harder for them by, by being the kind of people that is very difficult to respect. So it's very clear from Scripture that young people are still to honor their fathers, still to honor their, their mothers, regardless of the kind of people their parents are. But keep in mind, too, we want to balance this. What happens when a mom or dad tells a child to do something, a child who's at home, tells them to do something that is contrary to Scripture? Then they, they must obey Scripture. They must obey. They have to do that. They cannot obey their parents at the expense of violating God's word. And, and I think it's important, young people, that if it ever comes to that, that's usually a rarity, but if it ever comes to that, you are still to be respectful and declining to obey and, and not defiant, but respectful and appeal to them, and if they don't change, then you have to obey God, and you'll take the consequences. And those of you, I think it's important to say, those of you who are married adults need to understand something very important, and not, not all married adults realize this, but I think it's uh, fitting and suitable to speak of this now. When you get married, you are no longer under the authority of mom and dad. You're, no, you're, you're always to honor them, but you're not in the same relationship that you were before you got married. Now, why is that important? Because every once in a while, I, I hear about someone who has, uh, still has a mom or a dad, usually it's a mom, controlling them. A very controlling, dominating mother who won't let her child go, even though this child is married. Scripture says, for a man shall leave his father and mother. It doesn't mean necessarily physically, Leave. You can be in the same area, the same city, but emotionally leave. You're, you're not in that same relationship. And then cleave to your wife. Your wife, gentlemen, is your priority. Ladies, your husband is your priority. Not a mom or dad anymore. Honor them, but you are not to uh, be controlled by them. You are not under their authority. You are not obligated to obey them. And if they don't understand that, then they don't understand that. So there. Now, I realize that some of you may be struggling with honoring your parents, and some of you as parents may be struggling with a rebellious child who is constantly challenging you and and constantly questioning your authority and all that kind of stuff, He just isn't honoring you. If that description fits you as a young person, then listen very closely because I'm going to give you some biblical reasons why you should honor your parents. Number one, and this would be sufficient if we had nothing else, Number one is because Scripture commands you to do this. I mean, that's what we're studying this morning. The fifth commandment is called a commandment. God tells you to do it. It's not a suggestion. And Colossians 3.20 says that in obeying parents, this is well-pleasing to God. It actually pleases God that you do this. There, there need be no more. No more in terms of reasons, but there are. You know why you should obey this? I think this is an amazing truth is because Jesus honored his parents by obeying them Jesus honored his parents and i might add Jesus the perfect son of god honored his sinful very fallible parents remember the incident in in uh, the gospel accounts in luke 2 when he was 12 years old his parents went up with him to jerusalem and when they left, they inadvertently left him behind. They had traveled with a group, a caravan. They, they got back with the caravan. They thought he was in some other area of that. And, and uh, they realized after a few days that he wasn't with them. And so they came back to Jerusalem and they found him discussing theological issues with the rabbis in the synagogue. But when his parents returned for him, they told him, you're, you're coming back with us to Nazareth. Now imagine telling God you're doing anything but they did because he was also their child. And Luke 2:51 says this, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. Can you can you grasp that? Their creator, the God of the universe, the eternal one, actually obeyed his fallible, sinful parents who didn't even understand that he had to be about his true father's business in Jerusalem. And listen, if Jesus obeyed being perfect, obeyed his non-perfect parents, then you being non-perfect can also obey your non-perfect parents. Third reason you should honor your parents is because they've taken care of you. You owe it to them. There's a debt there, a debt of love. Second Corinthians twelve fourteen says, Children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. Now, Paul was talking about a general truism that he was the spiritual parent of the Corinthians. But the general truism here is that it's the parent's responsibility to take care of children, not children of parents. Of course, when they're older, that's, that's another thing. He's talking about when you're young. What it means is this. Young people, your parents have provided for you. As I said before, they, they've taken care of you. They've sacrificed for you. They protected you time and again. They stayed up with you when you were sick. They helped you with your homework. They fed you they potty trained you. I mean, if for no other reason, you honor, ought to honor them for that. <laughs> you owe them respect. You owe them profound honor for all they've done for you. And they have generally, with rare exceptions, generally had your best interests at heart. That's what parents are. That's what they do. So those are some reasons for honoring mom and dad. But if they are not enough, To motivate you. And they should be. God has added at the end of the fifth commandment. A statement. That ought to be an incentive. To help you obey him. And what is this incentive? The biblical incentive is this. Honor your father and your mother. Here's the incentive. That your days may be prolonged in the land. Which the Lord your God has given you. In its immediate context. Historically, this is a specific pro- a promise to the original Jewish readers of the Ten Commandments, God's covenant people, Israel, a promise to them that if they honored their parents, they, they would dwell in prosperity in the land, meaning the land of Canaan, as it was called then. In other words, God would bless them in the land. He would not take them out of the land. He would, he would keep them there, and it would be a land overflowing with milk and honey. And that's, that's the promise in its context However, there is an uh, an implied threat in this statement that if they didn't honor their parents, then God would punish them by not only taking them out of the land, but by taking them out of this world. And that is precisely what the Mosaic law taught. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 21, which is really just a uh, repeating of the law. In fact, Deuteronomy means the second law, the repetition of the law for for another generation that was about to enter the land. In Deuteronomy 21, verse 18, we read this, if any man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother, and when they chastise him, he'll not even listen to them. This is a description of what we would call in our day a juvenile delinquent. This is not a minor infraction. This is not a kid who has a little bit of a problem. This is someone who refuses to do whatever his parents say. Then his father and and mother shall seize him, bring him out to the elders of his city, At the gate of his hometown, they shall say to the elders of his city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He'll not obey us. He is a glutton. He is a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death. So you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel will hear of it and fear. Pretty heavy stuff. You can't get him to obey? Won't do anything you say? Then grab hold of him, bring him out, and as hard as it might be on you, he is to be killed. Now, this is not limited, this commandment and this incentive is not limited to the ancient Jewish people who lived during Old Testament times. This is actually a promise, a promise of a long life for honoring parents and it is a threat of a shortened life, a life cut short for dishonoring parents. That is the general principle and folks, it applies to us. It is not limited to those Jewish people under the law. How do we know that? Because when Paul wrote in in Ephesians chapter 6, about this commandment, that's exactly what he said. He said, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. The apostle Paul just broadened this principle for everybody, for everybody, not just the covenant people in Old Testament times. Now I must say, this is a a promise, a threat altogether, but it is not uh, an absolute inflexible promise. It's not something that is a a rule that is always in effect. And I'll tell you why. Because there are many young people who have honored their parents and they have died young. They have died young. And likewise, there are many children who have rebelled against their parents and they have lived long lives. So this is a general principle, a general truism. And it's this, rebelling against your parents tends to have the effect of shortening one's life. Now, we are not under the judicial aspect of the law. We don't take... Uh, children, rebellious children out and, and stone them to death. We don't, we don't do that. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't deal with rebellious children in his own way. And the way God often uses the natural means associated with rebellion to take someone's life is how it, how it happens. It's the natural means, usually. What do I mean by this? Well, uh, Phil Johnson, in his studies on the 10 commandments. He said he had this to say which I think really captures the broad principle here. He writes this, the rebel who disregards his parents' counsel often puts himself directly in danger through his rebellion. Kids who drive recklessly, kids who who hang around with other kids who drive recklessly, alcoholism and drug abuse are often directly related to rebellion against parents and these things can significantly shorten one's life expectancy. He writes, frankly, young people who rebel almost always have more difficult lives than they, they would have had if they just honored their parents. And often they fall directly into sins that can shorten one's life expectancy. I think that, is, that captures this, this very truth. Yes, there are times God just intervenes, but usually it's the, just the normal, natural ways of life. It's providence. This is not a commandment to trifle with. Your very life is at stake. It ought to be a strong incentive to treat your parents with great honor and respect. Should it be the first incentive? No. The first incentive is to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. When you love God, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how you come to love him. When you've trusted him for your salvation, then you will honor your parents and you'll obey all the other commands. The truth is that all of us have broken this commandment. Every single one of us. There's not one person here who has always honored his mother and his father. And as such folks, we deserve to be judged by God, not just taken out and and to be killed physically, but we deserve eternal judgment, which the Bible calls hell. That's how serious God's law is. That's how serious it is that God is, is holy. So what do we do about that? We are guilty before a holy God. We have broken his law, but thank God Jesus Christ died for sinners, died for our sins, paid the price of our rebellion, dishonoring to parents, Hung on the cross for that very sin. We deserve that judgment. He took it. I urge you, if you've never repented of your sin and turned to him, do so today. And I urge you too, young people, and, and mature adults whose parents are still alive. If you, if you need to go to your parent today and get things right, do this. If you need to ask their forgiveness, do this. That's what scripture says. If you are worshiping God and there, remember that your brother has something against you. In this case, your parents has a legitimate sin that's been held against you that you have done against them. Then leave your gift at the altar and be reconciled. So I, I urge you, if you need to make a phone call today, you need to get with your parents, do that. And parents, I urge you, if there's some way that you've lived or had an attitude that is dishonoring to your son, your daughter, then you need to ask their forgiveness as well as the Lord's. Let's bow for prayer. Well, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it deals with issues like this. Lord, these are the issues of life. These are the, the statements that grip us in very, our very souls. Lord, all of us know what it's like to have a mom and, and dad. Didn't always have, not all of us have experienced Christian moms and dads, but we know what the relationship is to be with the mother and father, and we've not always obeyed. I pray that there would be true humility, true repentance, and that we would, we would be sure to ask forgiveness where there's been sin, and we would be sure from this point on to honor our parents. And Lord, I pray that these words will continue to be, to be part of our, our lives, part of our thinking, part of our behavior. And we pray this in Jesus' name.
2: Parental love and sacrifice is not always what it should be, but it can still offer us some lessons about God. We didn't really have to do anything to receive the love and care our parents gave us. We received them simply for being their children. So you might say that our parents offer us a kind of introductory class on unmerited favor and how we should respond. Our response to their care often reflects how we respond to the unconditional, patient love of our Heavenly Father. Thank you for joining us today on Verse by Verse. Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and his passion is to help God's people understand the scriptures in a clear and useful manner. If you have been helped by these radio Bible studies, we would like to hear from you. Your phone call or letter would be an encouragement to all of us here at Verse by Verse as we make these lessons available on radio. Our telephone number is 727 239 0306. Our email address is contact at versebyverseradio.org. Or you could send us a letter in the post. Just send it to Verse by Verse Ministries, Post Office Box. 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. In our next broadcast, we will examine one of the most famous commands in the Bible, you shall not murder. Although it is well known, it is also very misunderstood. Please tune in next time to find out why.
0: You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. If you're concerned about the